0: than I did, but she throws out this verse, it's like, we'll take a cup of kindness, or what, and it's like, what, so I'm thinking, this is it, I'm going to figure out what this song means, so I went, I did all this research, I spent all this time looking at it, and it means nothing, (laughs) nothing, when you sing it, if anybody has any questions about the song, I'd love to share it with you, but unfortunately, there is no spiritual thing in it to be redeemed for a message this morning. So after quite a bit of time, I had to start over and just thinking about, you know, New Year's and resolution and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, there's not much to our resolutions. They're typically not spiritual things. You know what I mean? This whole idea of January 1st, I'm going to start doing this thing. And almost all, you know, almost all New Year's resolutions have to do with working out or stop eating a certain thing or whatever. And what I think is great is it, it's always the excuse because in December, what do we do? We just eat as much as we possibly can because January 1st, that's when I'm going to kick in with the resolution. And so we put it off, right? And so instead of today actually changing for that thing, you know, I really need to work out more. That's why I'm going to do it in January. <laughs> I really need to change this thing about my life. That's why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until January and that's when I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of a funny thing. So it's not really spiritual. So, but it did get me thinking about this idea of today, of today, of like, there's this message. The whole New Testament is a message of urgency. It's a message of today. You know, what, what's the song? Um, this is the day. This is the day. I'm singing a song. I'm really in trouble. If you weren't here, I did get kicked out of the choir. Um, this is the day that the Lord has made. You know, let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's not, you know, tomorrow's the day. To-. January 1st is the day. You know, like we don't, it's not, it's not this idea of putting it off. It's this is the day. This is the day. And the verse that we, that we had, um, that was the reading, says, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Awake, O oh sleeper. Awake. It's like he's trying to shake somebody. Like, look, wake up. Wake up. It's like you're asleep. It's like you're asleep at the wheel and you don't realize what's going on. You're just going through the motions. Wake up. Wake up. Arise from the dead. There should be a difference. There's something that, that Paul is trying to communicate that is, is the difference between being awake and being asleep or being alive and being dead. And Christ will shine on you. This idea that Christ brings forth light. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Now, specifically, if you read the whole chapter, Paul is, Paul is dealing with sinful behavior. He's, thinking, he's talking about fruitless deeds of sin, um, things that people might engage in that, that, don't, that don't bear any fruit. And he's saying, wake up. You know, you've been redeemed. Things have changed. You don't have to live like that anymore. That's specifically what he's saying. But it has more application than that because there's other things that we get involved in that aren't sin, that it's the same application. Wake up. Uh, Specifically, you know, walk as somebody who's wise. Walk as somebody who knows what's going on. And not the wisdom that the, the world offers, but walk with the wisdom that God offers. Walk with godly wisdom. And he goes on to say, making the best use of the time. This is like one of the few... Ver- Okay, so what is redeem? What does it mean? Well, we can see that the translators, they said making the best use. It's seeing the value. It's seeing the value in something and redeeming it and saying, you know what? I'm not gonna let it go. It's something, when when Christ saw us, he saw the value in us as God's creation and he redeemed us. He saw the value in us and he, and he, he took us for his own. Paul is saying, redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. And some, some of the translations, the way they make it sound is that, you know, the days are evil because it's an evil time. Because, you know, Satan, Satan is running amok and the days are evil. And I can see that, but it's also just the idea that days are evil. Time is evil. If you think about it, it's constantly going. Time is constantly ticking. Minutes go by, days go by. People right now are thinking that with this message. They're like, when will it end? <laughs> time time ticks. Time is constantly. And it's this idea that the days are evil. Redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Next thing you know, it's tomorrow. You know, you've, you've missed out. You can't go back. There's nothing that you can do. So redeem the time. Paul's letter to the believers in Ephesus reflects the immediacy or the urgency of the message of Jesus How many fruitless things do we get involved in? Paul would tell us, wake up. Wake up. Remember, today's the only day you have. You don't have tomorrow. You might, but you might not. Wake up. Look around. Redeem the time. The whole New Testament, the whole New Testament echoes this message, if you don't believe me. There's an immediacy, there's an urgency that Jesus communicates. Jesus tells a parable of the rich fool. There's this guy, and he's storing up riches, man. He's doing really well. And he has to build bigger barns because he's doing so well. He's building bigger barns to put all the stuff in. And God shows up, and he's like, you know, you fool. This night is your last night. Today was your last today. I hope you liked your big barns. You know what I mean? This is the message of Jesus. We only have today. That's the only thing that we're guaranteed for sure. Think about his prayer when he gives us instructions for how to pray. Give us today our daily bread. This idea of right now, right here, daily bread. I can only go from day to day. He goes on to say, who who of you can add a single hour to your life by worrying? We can't add time to our life. There's nothing we can do to change it. The message of Jesus is a message of urgency. And he ends, he ends that chapter where he's talking about um, of, of, of praying and this idea of daily, daily behavior. He says, but seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, all the other things are going to work out. That's the point that he's making. James says it like this a little bit harsher, he's talking about people who say, you know, today or tomorrow I'm going to go do, I'm going to run this business, I'm going to make lots of money, and, you know, I've got all these great plans for God. And he says, man, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for just a little while. But somehow we believe that we're always going to be here. We we live, we actually walk as if we've got more than enough time. We act like there's all the time in the world to which Paul says, wake up, arise from the dead, engage, don't let another day go by, redeem the time. The whole gospel of Mark is filled with immediacy, urgency. It's constantly, Jesus did this, and then immediately this, and then immediately this. His ministry was only three years. Jesus was doing ministry for three years. This was a very short span of time. Ephesians, Paul says it like this. He says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. That's what he says. Why? Because you don't know if tomorrow's gonna come. So don't let the sun go down and you're still angry. Why? You're giving the devil a foothold in your life. Because if tomorrow comes, you might still not reconcile with that person. You might, yeah, you know, whatever, I'll deal with it next month. I'll wait until New Year's and then I'll make a resolution to make up with this guy. You know what I'm saying? You're giving the devil a foothold because that that tomorrow might not come. This verse is Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, as God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor now is the day of salvation. What a powerful message. This verse a couple weeks ago when we had a service, I felt like God laid this, this verse on my heart specifically for us in the church. This idea of today is the day of salvation. Now is the time that God is doing these things. I mean, I've got this thing that I really need healing for. Yeah, I'm gonna go through the healing training and um, you know, I'm gonna start what, I mean, we put it off. We're like, yeah, I'm not going to go forward for prayer, not this Sunday, because we're going out for pizza after. And you like, Paul says, wake up. You know, now is the time. Now is the, is, is the day of salvation. Now is the time that we can receive, not an, an eternal salvation, yes, an eternal salvation, but more than that, we can receive today the spirit of God that comes and transforms us and changes us. Today is the day. You know, I had a really good experience, a different kind of experience, one that I learned a ton from. I had a friend who um, I hired at my company. He was right out of college, really gifted graphic artist guy, and um, just awesome, psalm lead worship, great guy, and uh, so he was doing graphic arts for me, and worked for about a year, and then he wanted to go into full-time ministry. We were doing college and career ministry together, and, um, you know, next thing I know, he's wants to get engaged to this girl that he, you know, he hasn't even known a year. And of course, now keep in mind that I married my wife within a year of knowing her. But anyways, so all these things, like he's just, you know, just boom, boom, he's just going for it. And I'm like, okay, now it's time for some Rossi wisdom, you know. Capernaum had started to give me some gray hairs, so I figure I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, lay some wisdom on my young friend. And so I start telling him, you know, dude, seriously. Slow down, man. <laughs> uh, the 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 verse the story that, that Jesus told about the guy who built the barns, the guy actually says, take life easy. Take life easy, eat, drink, be merry, enjoy. That was me. Like that's that's I'm the voice of Satan in my friend's life. I'm like, dude, dude, slow down. Slow down, man. Hey, there's plenty of time. You know, it's like you just graduated. You're like, you're just just broke up with one girl. Now you're gonna like marry this girl, and you're switching jobs. I mean, this slow down, man. Well, didn't listen to me. So he doesn't listen to me. And in, in the next two years, he had moved, I think, five times. I think he had moved five times. Had been through three or four different jobs really careers. I mean, he had moved in a full-time ministry and then into a different type and I mean, just all over the place. Had a chi- got married, had a child. And you're thinking, this guy, this guy is nuts. And out of nowhere, he's driving down the road, drunk driver, swerves over in his lane, kills him and leaves behind his wife and child. And I'm thinking, you know, we'd like to say, Wow, what a, what a horrible freak accident. It's not. That's not a horrible freak accident. Open the newspaper. I guarantee somewhere in the Times Union right now, there's a drunk driver that took somebody out. But somehow we've fallen asleep. We don't think that that could possibly happen to that person that we need to reconcile with, that we need to talk to. We never think that it could possibly happen to me. And so we, hey, take life easy, plenty of time. Wait till New Year's. Make a resolution, (laughs) and we see, you know, my my friend, his name was AJ. I mean, I learned so much through that experience because there I was offering worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom says, "Hey, bide your time, man. Have a five-year plan. There's, you know, there's plenty of time for you to go and do your ministry stuff. You know, make sure you get your 401k or your IRA all situated. Then go deal with that stuff. You know what I mean?" Make sure you do this or you do that. It's this worldly wisdom, whereas godly wisdom, the wisdom of the New Testament, there is a sense of urgency. There is a sense of we have no guarantees. We have no guarantees. And so we need to seek, what is God doing? What is God doing? And we respond. We don't wait. We don't keep putting it off. We say, God, what is it that you have for me? And I was thinking as I was saying it, you know, like, how, how do you respond to that, am I, is, okay, is Tom saying that uh, if you meet a girl, you should marry her right away, that you should quit your job? And I was thinking, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. It depends on what God is doing. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what God is doing in your life, but I do know this. I know that there is an urgency to what God is communicating. And if God communicates something to you and you know God has given me this gift, God has given me this purpose, God has revealed this thing to me, now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. Wake up. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Don't continue another year in a job that you know you're not supposed to be in, in a relationship that you know you're not supposed to be in. This is is the day. God is telling you, maybe it is time to break up with that boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it is time to quit that job. But it's only if God's, God's revealing that to you. You can only know as you seek God in that. There's, um, there's a parable along the lines of C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, you know, this idea that demons, and you have to believe it, right? You believe in Jesus, you've got to believe in Satan. You've got to believe that there's an enemy that's out there to destroy us, to devour us, is what Jesus actually says. And so they're strategizing and they're trying to think, okay, a bunch of demons are talking to Satan. They're like, okay, what can we do to really screw people up? What can we do? And one of them says, you know what, let's convince them there's no God. And Satan's like, no, they're not going to go for that. Another one says, let's convince them that there's no heaven. And they're like, no, no, they're not going to go for that. Let's convince them there's no hell. No, they just won't buy that. And then one says, let's convince them there's no hurry. And Satan's like, yeah. What a great strategy of the enemy. I know I need to get right with God. I know I need to get right with God. But you know what? There's no hurry. I got time. I know God has called me to do this thing, but there's plenty of, there's no hurry. There's plenty of time. If God can't take you away, or Satan can't take you away from Christ, he'll try and take you out of commission. At least take him out of doing those good purposes that God has set before you, trying to take you out. The fear of this message. You know, I really want, I want to communicate this idea of Urgency. of of seeking God in the now, in the today, and to redeem the time, to not let it slip by. But the fear is, as one author wrote, he talked about our tendencies to crucify ourselves between two thieves, regret for yesterday, and fear of tomorrow. When we talk about the importance of today, I don't want us to crucify ourselves, to sacrifice ourselves, thinking about regret for yesterday. Oh, man, I wasted yesterday. I played 16 hours of Xbox over Christmas. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Something much more regretful. But this idea of regret for yesterday, yesterday's gone. It's gone. There's nothing we can do to go back. And some of us have had horrible, horrible things that have happened to us. Some of us have been horribly, unjustly dealt with. We've had things that have happened to us that are just absolutely wrong. Anybody that could ever hear about it would say, yes, that's wrong. But if we continue to live in that, if we continue to let that wound drive us, what are we doing? We're living in yesterday and we're reliving that experience and we're letting it affect us and we're missing out. Paul would say, wake up. Arise from the dead. Redeem the time. Don't let another day go by letting that thing that happened to you continue to hurt you. Redeem it. Now is the the day of salvation. Paul says it like this. He says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul Remember Paul? Killed Christians for a living. That's what he got paid to do. Paul, before he, turned, before he met Christ on the road to Damascus, he was killing Christians. He was seeking them out to destroy them, to destroy the church, that he would become one of the greatest writers of the, of the New Testament. And he says, you know what? Forgetting what is behind. You know what? I got to move on. I got to move on to the fact that I watched as they stoned the first martyr in the New te- I need to move on. I need to forget what is behind and strain towards what God has for me to move forward. If he didn't do that, would he have written the letters to the church? Who am I to write a letter to the people in Corinth? What if Paul had said that? What if Paul had said, you know, I'm in no position to do that because, you know, I, I did all these horrible things. The message of Jesus is the message of now. Today is the day of salvation. It's over. Yesterday's gone. Look forward. Look forward to what God has got for you. Live today. Paul says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Every day is a new day. Every, every day is the beginning of a new year. You know, New Year's, I mean, think about it. Other than it, I mean, it's pretty much a pagan holiday. Like, literally, it's a pagan holiday. But think about it. Like, as Christians, we believe every day is a new day. Every day is a new beginning. I love City Rescue Mission, you know? Their programs are like new beginnings, new day. It's the idea of forgetting what is behind. It's all over now, man. That was yesterday, nothing I can do. But you know what I can do? I can, I can do stuff today. I can respond to what God is doing today. Fear of tomorrow. You know, we could really freak out. You could walk out and be like, man, Tom told me, like, you're going to drive really slow on the way home. You're like, any time a car comes by, you're not going to sit under the tiles at our church. It could happen. could happen. Take you out right now. Um, you can't live in the fear of tomorrow, right? Jesus, Jesus actually says it in the middle of his, of his message talking about the importance of today. He says, you can't worry about tomorrow because it's not going to add an hour of, t- uh, of time to your life. You can't live in that fear. And the closer that you draw to Christ, it drives out fear. He drives out fear. The presence of the spirit of God in our life, the presence of God in our life, the closer that we draw to him, he casts out fear. We can't live in fear of tomorrow. You know, Antley likes to say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, this idea of risk. That's, why don't we risk? It's because of fear. We're afraid, we're afraid that, well, what if I do break up with this guy? Maybe he's the last guy that'll ever date me, you know? What if I do quit this job, you know? Nobody's ever gonna hire me, whatever. Whatever that thing is that God has has told you, we can't live in that fear. Jesus would say, man, tomorrow's got enough to worry about. Don't worry about it. Do what God is calling you to today. And again, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could say, okay, here it is. This is what you need to do. Because obviously that's what I like to do, right? So I told AJ, It's like, hey, one, two, three, this is what you need to do. But I can't. We have to rely on God to, to do that. And so right now, let's go ahead and stand up and we're gonna pray. We're gonna ask God to come.